Hustler's University course. Yes, I did take the course and I did not pay for it because I'm not a stupid idiot. I'm a, I'm a Hustler's apprentice, bro. You're wasting money. You can get this for free, idiot. Business is mostly marketing and selling, and mainly it's selling. If you have no money and AKA you're not selling anything, you're not a business, period. I know, crazy, right? I didn't know that. Now I know, making it harder for myself when a lot of things, they're actually very simple. Bonjour, bitches. Welcome to a new episode of Croissant Hours. I'm your host, Chesby Croissant. And today, I'm doing good, thank you for asking. For those who didn't know, I was sick last couple of weeks, I would say, and I basically couldn't do anything but passively watch movies, and I was not sleeping for sleeping or eating for three days, but I'm better. I think it was some type of virus. I don't think I food poisoned myself again like I did before, <laughs> so. But I'm better. Let me see. Yes, so this episode is gonna be a bit different in that previous episodes are largely focused on more political things or psychological things. But for the last couple, like two months, I would actually say, I've been mainly going into or studying upon everybody's favorite topic, which is money or more specifically things relating to business, marketing, sales, social media, things like that. And that's what I've been reading and researching for the most part. So it's gonna be a bit of a detour. Maybe this is gonna be this is gonna be a new subject on the podcast. Maybe this helps for people to if they want to start their own business and see how that started from scratch, because I'm basically starting from scratch and you know that could be handy as a documentation. So I thought, you know, why not talk about that? It's my show. I can talk about whatever the hell I want. So that's gonna be the focus for this episode. Mainly about the subject of money and not necessarily, you know, full on objectivism of let's let's make <laughs> as much money as possible. Just I'm just gonna share what I know and what I've learned from well the information that's that I've gathered. Before we get into that, I will now thank all the new subscribers and supporters. Hello, welcome. This is my well at this point monthly show. <laughs> First it was weekly, then bi-weekly, now month like basically monthly. So yeah, the monthly show was where I talk basically whatever I talk about, mostly relating to psychology, now business or I, I suppose politics. I didn't I didn't <laughs> intend to go to that subject, but that's where we ended up. Anyway, if you want to follow along with my journey with myriad of things, then uh Keep on listening and uh, I'll get into a bunch of interesting juicy stuff. So, and also thank you to the patrons, Sun Tzu and Kali. Thank you very much for your contributions. My Patreon is in the description if you want to support me so I can keep making these videos. It means the world to me if you do. Go to my Patreon in the description. Anyway, moving on. As I mentioned in the last episode, I started meditating. You, you can check out the previous episode. It's lived, I'll leave it below, whatever, or in the cards in the top uh, top right corner now. Basically, I started meditating and I would say I feel better, but it's not as amazing as people make it out to be, I find. It's not like, whoa, I am like levitating, bro. And sure, I've only been doing it for 30 days, which I mean, most pe for most people, that's already hard getting meditation in, 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 the, in their routine. I, I'm just doing it. It's become part of my routine now. And I mean, it's, it's nice. It, it does help you with sleeping, I would say in that if you do like a body scan or if throughout the day you just literally just close your eyes it does reset certain body functions i'm not gonna get into the neuroscience of it all you got uh 
how's it called, uh, Uberman for that. But basically, I've been meditating. Yeah, it's been all right. I think it's helped me with certain awareness and maybe gratitude as well. Like gratitude and awareness are the most th most acute things that were tackled in the program that I use. It's it's a free software. It's called Medito. A 90p friend of mine uh, recommended it, and it's it's a pretty good service. It's free and it's donation based. So I really like that, and it actually gives you yeah just guides you for throughout the meditation. And well, I think it's great. So go go ahead and use it. I would say that meditation is better for SI users. That's already in the past, but I usually have this thing in the back of my head if I do it in the middle of the day where I'm like, oh God, I'm meditating for 15 minutes or something like that. But I could be making, you know, I could be making something or could be learning something. I, I really got to get to work. So yeah, I do think it's easier for SI users, but regardless of that, it's been a helpful habit and even anything that helps a slight bit in terms of mental health for your relaxation is a worthwhile habit. So I'm going to keep it and I'm just going to see where it ends up by following it for a longer period. <laughs> I guess the next episode in 30 days, um, you'll see bigger improvement or whatever. Anyway, next subject. I really, 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 and I can't emphasize this enough, want to start a newsletter because I'm already kind of doing it and I'm going to call it Weekly Insights, by the way. I, I mean, original name, I know it's great. I'm a genius. So <laughs> basically, I'm already writing these weekly reports for myself or journal entries. Not real, not real like a personal journal, more like this is the information that I've gathered and I'm already doing that. So I'm like, why should I keep this on my PC or whatever it is, laptop? Why should I keep this on here? And not shared with anybody and if i die you know something happens with me all that information is lost all this information is useless how about i put that basically take that information summarize it in a nice little email or a nice little letter and send it to all my all, all my audience so yeah because i can share a certain amount of what i've learned over the last two months through the podcast but not everybody's going to watch that if people watch or when people subscribe to an email newsletter i could just create it there or send it there and then people can get all that information for free and because i'm not going to do a paid email subscription thing and I, I don't think that's useful maybe in the future for different companies or channels i'll have but for now i'm just going to keep it free and yeah it's, it's just to maintain a relationship with my audience and and, and with you guys but i say your audience i mean <laughs> i mean you guys listening to this right now i think it's a very will be a very beneficiary tool to keep communicating with you guys so anyway let me see and of course just from the business perspective of course an email list is the greatest asset you can have for all the people starting a business an email list is probably the best thing you can have too many businesses still underutilize this where they just have no social media or email list to go off or to market with and well <laughs> that's just a general point so that's why i don't i'm not doing it primarily for the monetary reasons of course if it gets a little shallow right of course in the long term it would be great if i can make a living with this but and that's and in all honesty that's of course that's the goal but pr the primary reason really is because i have a lot of things to share and a lot of things i want to write about that i want to get better at writing so i'm like well, I needed a website and an email list anyway, so let's just write a newsletter so I can maintain a relationship with people. So that was my reasoning, and that's why I really want to start a newsletter. So I'm really excited about that, and if you guys are also excited about that and want me to start that ASAP, please let me know so I can, you know, <laughs> supply that need. So going into, I suppose, other things I'm working on or mind shift changes, I've decided excuse the noise from my pc jesus christ 
I've decided to work very late into the night. And I know what you're saying or what you're thinking, especially if you're an SI user and you care about me and all that. And I, I it's very, it's very sweet. Thank you. But I know it's, I know <laughs> I'm supposed to sleep or the best time to sleep is around 10 p.m. You wake up about around six and the most recovery happens around 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. But look, listen, wait, look, look here, look listen. here. Look, listen! Yeah, exactly. That's me right now. I think that action or working on something is more important than my health at this current moment in the sense that I know that it's more healthy to sleep around those times, but I get way more shit done if I work very late into the night. So, and I think my goals, attaining my goals and actually working on them and actually getting to action right i, I devoted the whole episode to this a whole croissant hours to this getting to action is the most important thing so that's why i have to decide okay i'm gonna sleep way later and i'm just gonna create most of my whatever i'm working on around 12 to 3 a.m so i know that sounds weird and i don't and i, I don't recommend this necessarily because i don't want to get angry people being like oh my god croissant i started following your routine and now <laughs> I'm like a night shift worker, but for me that works. Okay, for me, it, it personally, I get so much motivation around. I would say 10 p.m. when I'm actually supposed to sleep, I get so much motivation, and I get so much more done. Like <laughs> an example, I would be with friends, right, and they will come over, and we'll talk, and they'll arrive somewhere around noon, and I'm I'm still a little, you know, I'm starting up basically around that time, and then we get to talking and and then the conversation picks up in a three four hours later i'm like revved up at this point right and maybe it's it's eight or ten at that point and then i'm like i'm really energized and at that point most of my friends <laughs> you know especially if they're enfps or something they, they're so tired they're so done they're like croissant please just 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 end it <laughs> i want to go home <laughs> so but for me, like I said, in that example, it illustrates that I am so motivated and I get, uh, I'm extremely creative and I'm extremely, not only creative in terms of like variety, in terms of, you know, creating different types of content or different types of art, also just in creating in general, actually making something. That's what I've noticed that happens with me. So again, I don't endorse this, but this is what I'm going to live by and is going to for, for the for the time being i'm gonna live by i can adjust later on but that's how i'm gonna roll for now and yeah a little side note i mean I've, i have some bullet points here because i think it's better if i not script but but have an outline for my episode so it's not a total jumbled mess if you know what i mean um i, I made a note it's like yeah no it's you me writing this at 3 a.m because i was i was literally writing the bullet points for this one-quote script at 3 a.m <laughs> And I'm recording this at almost one. So very, very late episode, right? Anyway, so another another cool topic, I suppose. I went on another classic Wayfarer legal download spree where I basically downloaded, I don't know how many at this point, like 100 plus books plus courses plus audiobooks. And I'm really like a kid in a candy store when this happens, right? Because... <laughs> I just see lists and lists and lists of things that I can get for nothing and can provide me infinite value, right? Just that, that's, I guess I intrinsically understand that knowledge is power and that, I mean, maybe everybody does, but you know what I mean, right? That's, I see so much value just laying in front of me and all I have to do is just drag and drop it and it's mine. And then it's mine forever, unless I decide to discard it, basically. 
So I went on another spree, but then I kind of, at some point, I started wondering when I kind of looked through my files and I have like thousands and thousands of, of eBooks and audiobooks stored there, like a, a giant library. I kind of started asking myself like, um, yeah, this is cool and all, but is this actually helpful or is this just pure mental masturbation where I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm processing more information right now. So therefore I must be getting smarter or I must be becoming a better person. In theory, that's what every self-improvement person says, right? Read more, educate yourself, sure. But that action part, like I, I devoted a whole episode to, excuse the noise, by the way, from a PC, it keeps happening, but can't really turn it off. So I keep saying that, but they, they kind of skip out on the action part. And I think that in, which book was it? Was it, wasn't it Think and Grow Rich or The Secret, one of the two, where there's a whole chapter just devoted to taking action and I find that's that lacks, right? Because I find with myself as well that knowledge is really the potential for power, or like knowledge is power, right? It's a potential for, it, but if you, it's only that potential is only utilized when you actually take action, right? I think Tony Roberts said that. Now that I think about it, but anyway, so I'm I'm again going back what I my previous point. That's where the whole you know working at night comes into play where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna act as much as I can to get too much, get to as much action as I can to actually utilize that potential because potential I have, all right? Like, I don't know how many books I've read at this point because I kind of lost count after, I think after crossing off the relationship section on my reading list, I, or at least a certain part of it, I really started losing count because I, I usually do this, right? I have an audiobook and uh, that I listen to at something like three times, two times speed. So that's almost an audiobook a day. Then uh, usually I'm also reading a ebook for a couple hours with the audiobook with it and then at a certain speed. So I basically have double retention, if that makes sense. And also I make notes on those ebooks if they're actually useful because can't really make notes on something that's useless. Mm. And well, most of the time I'm also reading a IRL book, right? So I have a physical book that I'm I'm reading at night, or um, if it's nice weather, I'll go outside and you know read for a couple hours. So a lot of reading, a lot of a lot of knowledge, a lot of notes, but that that's also kind of excites me because I'm like the second I do anything with all this knowledge that I have, the leverage or the return will be so insane that I. You know what I mean? I, I just shoot right up to a insane level with that. That's at least the hope, right? I know, of course, that through action, you are going to get the most leverage or what is it? You'll learn the most. But so it, it just reminds me of my past where a lot of people would underestimate. And this is not a pity play or something story, but it, it, a lot of people would underestimate me, right? They'll be like, oh, uh, croissant, you shouldn't do that. Or croissant, you're not good at that, blah, blah, blah. And then... I would practice it and I would practice it like frantically, like like obsessively, right? Complete like NI domination on this one thing. And I would practice, 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 practice. And then I would do it again. And then people were like, oh my God, croissant, you're actually like amazing at this thing. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Why didn't you just give me a second chance? And then I could have proven it to you. But now I have to show that I'm extraordinary to prove that I'm adequate. Does that make sense? <laughs> I would have that so many times where I think one of them was like spelling or something, some some simple, simple, simple shit like that, right? Where it's like, okay, please or read these words, and I would 
that would be like, um, I don't know if you're uh, you're adequate enough for this level croissant, and then I would, I would that would not test me for a while, and then I would do it again, and I would just blast through it in two seconds. And they're like, well, croissant, you're actually pretty good. You, you should move up a couple levels. And I'm like, yeah, what what I've been telling you, mother, it's like you're making me so goddamn insecure with my SC inferior, and now that I've worked at it for such a long time, now you're gonna say, oh, well, actually, croissant, you're pretty good. I'm like. What the hell? Why, why couldn't you just accept me or give me another chance? Again, it's not a pity play and I'm not trying to complain, but this happens so often and it's, it's almost comical that it keeps happening to me, right? Um, but I'm aware of that now, so therefore I'm like, okay, I know that I'm talented automatically in most things and with practice I can be, well, the best performer in this. Of course, with hard work, I'm not trying to, I mean, of course I have a bit of an ego or I would say I have an ego. It's more like I'm confident. I'm confident I can do anything. I'm confident I can master any skill and be better than anybody um, in something. So that's what I'm trying to put across. So I'm with that newfound knowledge, I'm very confident of the things I'm going to do now, I'm going to learn now. And but it, that, that thing still remains in the back of my mind most of the time where I'm like, is it am I having, having another one of those moments where I'm, I'm not getting recognized for certain talent or skill I have, but once I break through, like, you know, insert Malcolm Gladwell's tipping point moments, uh, that everybody recognizes me as like one of the best. I'm waiting, <laughs> right? But maybe that's also a part of the excitement, like you don't know what's gonna happen next. And oftentimes, okay, there's like a final side note. Oftentimes I also forget what my skills are. Also, because a lot of people decide to betray me for some reason, but that's fine, you live, you learn. But I need other people to basically remind me what I'm good at. And when I don't have that, I'm like, oh, who am I actually, right? Who, existential questions with croissant. Who am I? What do I do? Why am I here? Um, I keep forgetting, or sometimes I have something that I'm actually really talented at, but nobody really recognizes until I get the proper audience. So that makes sense. So there's probably like a million things that I could do really well, but I, I've just not recognized or other, I would rather say other people have not recognized or I've, I've not rediscovered that. So. That's kind of exciting, also kind of annoying, but you know, that's life. Anyway, next uh, subject, kind of relating to the whole legal downloading, is kind of, is the question, are books really worth it? As I, I've explored a bit already, but I've also made the decision that I'm going to skim books more, that I'm just gonna thoroughly read it. Because also a thing from the past, more croissant lore for y'all, in the past, I would be, I would automatically already know how to speed read or how to, you know, scan a text real quickly. And it's throughout school, I would say, that they kind of unlearn you to do that. Or they try to they try to teach you how to scan, but I, I could already do it. So they would like explain to me the process of, of how you would break down a text. But I'm like, I, I already know this. Why are you teaching me this? I know they were teaching this to people that didn't know it. But and then I started overthinking the process instead of just doing what I was naturally good at. And I, I kind of maintained that habit for a long time. And I kind of started realizing it until now where I'm like, wait, I'm still reading like basically how they taught me in school and stuff. Why am I still reading like this? So I was like, you know, it's why am I not using my inborn talents? Basically my, I would say it's my subconscious TE where I just go through something really quickly and understand the main points, the main value of the text in like 10 seconds. Cause I can, I can do that. If I just say, I don't care 
you know, consequences be damned. I don't care about the details. If I just go through something, I, I can get the, the main what is the idea of the book or the thing that I'm reading or the course or whatever it is. I can get that by just going through it really, really quickly, like extremely quickly. And I'm like, why am I not doing this? It's literally a superpower that's been given to me because it's the same with statistics. I talked about this, this with somebody where some people apparently need like hours and hours to analyze a statistics they can read it intuitively if you give me a statistic as a formula i'll I, I, like i don't know i guess some people have this with maths but i have this with, with data if i just see a a graph or whatever it is i can see a trend really quickly or i can see uh i can i can understand what it means like it, it kind of speaks to me right and apparently a lot of people don't have that and that's why they have these giants if, if you read a research paper they have this giant like note basically or explanation off the off the graph i don't need that i know what it says and i know the trend that it displays so i don't need that stuff <laughs> like it's so funny to me because then you would have um for example with data science you would have this where you'd be like oh uh, you have like two graphs and they're like equ almost equal and they're like oh there's no significant difference between these two graphs i'm like yeah no shit, i can see that <laughs> like you know what i mean or that would explain how certain certain forms of a graph would explain an idea better i'm like isn't this obvious like don't people notice intuitively where <laughs> you're of course you're going to use a line diagram or whatever it is uh, a circle diagram what is it is it called a circle diagram i don't know it doesn't matter basically you're going to use that for different applications right so like it, it, this has to be had to be explained to people so it's just mind-blowing to me or mind-boggling to me anyway i've decided to just scan through books and the speed that i've been go been able to go through books of course have has increased and i have just decided i'm not going to read things as much in detail anymore so if there's like a giant anecdotal story or there's like a very specific principle if i read it very carefully and i write it down and i'll remember but i'm like listen most writers and this is I i'm speaking like for 95 percent of writers or what i read it's like 90 fluff and there's like 10 of idea in there and five percent of actually good stuff and that's what i'm kind of aiming for right now and i don't really care if in the last paragraph that i skipped that there's like a thing that will change my life because i'm like i'll find it in another book like it's it's not like impossible information i'm a little more careful with that if it's a recommended book if i just find it myself i'm a lot more easy with it does that make sense so like if it's from somebody's recommended reading list i'm like okay i have to honor this i have to go through everything because i have this imaginary thing in my head where i'm like if i ever encounter this person and we have some type of discussion i don't want to be the stupid idiot who says oh i've read everything you've read and I disagree, still disagree or whatever. And then he's like, oh, but have you read this specific paragraph? I know this is like hypothetical and stupid, but that's the thing that goes through my head. So I, I respect it a lot more when somebody else recommends something. Yeah, but for myself, I, I allow myself to just scan something and even drop books that I don't really care about. Like, for example, with the Rational Mail Volume 5, that isn't in anybody's reading list that I know. So I just skipped certain parts. I think it's like 15 hours long. I just skipped certain parts, like hours and hours. That I, it saved me because it, there's nothing interesting in that book, right? And there's, there's many different business books I've read uh, and entrepreneurship books that I've read at this point that I've scanned. And I'm like, okay, I get the general gist. You could have summarized this like in five sentences. Why is this so overly long? And there are exceptions. There are good books that give you very good groundworks yeah and i can't i can't at this point i can't really remember how much i've read i i think i my estimation is that i in the last two months i've read like 40 books and that's that's pretty insane if i look at it at, at a large scale because usually it was more like 
one every two weeks for like every month and now it's like one or two every day <laughs> okay not two every day but like roughly one and a half a day so it's going pretty quickly but that's what you get when you have like an insane amount of speed and you know just scan books at this point and then of course i realize in the end it's not about the number i like to of course i'm a t user i like to brag i like to be like oh i look up look how much i've read but in all honesty like what is reading like and i will try to be pretentious with that i mean i mean to say what really is reading is does it mean making notes on every single chapter does that mean summarizing it does it mean applying it does it mean scanning the text and understanding the main idea i think it's the last one of that list where you just say okay i understand the ideas and Potentially, I'm going to put this into action or maybe necessarily, I don't know, but at least understanding the basic idea and the smartest thing I think you could do, at least that's what I'm going to do, is just scan through as many books as you can, as much information as you can, get the general gist of things and pick out the absolute best ones that work for you, right? Because maybe they work for a lot of people, maybe it just doesn't work out for you. Then from that, you make a little list that you say, okay, I'm gonna reread this book. That's probably what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna reread these books and use the tools in them kind of like a user manual, right? Where you say, okay, what are my best books on business? And then you say, okay, uh, Launch by Jeff Walker, uh, Ready, Fire, Aim by, I don't know who it is, but it doesn't matter, uh, $100 million offers. We'll get into these books in a second, by the way. And you just list those out and then you just keep rereading them until they become second nature. And then you, then you save yourself like years and years of struggle because that's kind of the idea with with information and that's uh, a thing though that's well in the book ready ready fire aim they talk about this where seminars and books and things like that they're kind of secondhand information from somebody who already experiences and all that but the best thing is getting mentorship and getting one-on-one -on -one interactions right and through that actually knowing what to do and the course is a, is a bit in between because you still get What's the word? Accountability, but it's still up to your own and you have to read and you know what I mean, right? But anyway, for me, I'm gonna just reread the most important things, the most important books that I've read in my whole list because I, you know, God knows it's so many books at this point. I'm gonna reread those and apply them very thoroughly. And, and so I basically have a tool book or a, a manual to go by, right? And I think I naturally am more inclined to do this anyway, right where i'm just like okay i'm just gonna scan whatever is important okay these are the most valuable ones okay how do i actually put this to, to use right now and just do that as quickly as possible i have so much more fun going through something like that instead of just being like oh god i have to sit through this i have to sit through another terrible book by yuval noah harari where which makes me want to blow my brains out like really yuval noah harari is probably my least favorite author at this point i saw some <laughs> little little side note before i continue i, I watched some or listen to some like previews, I guess, of his book, 21 Lessons for the 21st Century or something. It's it's like the same shit. It's like every book is the same shit. Veganism, uh, what is it again? Veganism, atheism, and and like globalism. And there, if like things make me annoyed, it's those three subjects, right? Because like fine if you're any of those things, but just don't push it to other people and don't say it is, don't, for the love of God, don't portray it as a universal truth. Like that makes my like my blood boil. I'm like, oh my God, you pretentious ETP, which you where you mix in basically your political opinion and you try to mask it with scientific fact. That that's like the most scummy, insincere shit 
I could read, and I I see through that stuff. And because the most annoying thing about that whole book, all the all the books he writes, people praise them so much as like profound and interesting. I'm like, this is like, no, this is brainwashing. This is a bunch of bullshit. Um, anyway, that's that's a side note on my least favorite author. Moving on to actual business discoveries I've made. So, what I what did, what did I learn about business? Well, glad you asked. I you probably didn't ask. Doesn't matter. I'm gonna listen anyway. Business is mostly marketing and selling, and mainly, as if you're starting out, it's selling. I know, crazy, right? I didn't know that, now I know. So basically, if you want to get any business at all, you have to have a compelling offer, and that has basically has to sell. And from there, you can do whatever, right? You can do promotional, you can hire a sales team, etc., etc. But you have to start out with selling. So if you're serious about a business in any type of way selling learning how to sell learning how to market that's more like i suppose that's more like secondary but still very important those are the most important skills you should learn especially selling because if you don't sell stuff you're not a business okay to oh, i get about i'll get into all the sources I've, I've read and courses i've taken but basically the fundamental principle and they say this in the goal by something goldrat forgot his name and also in uh, Mr. Andrew Tate's Hustlers University course, yes, I, I did take the course and I did not pay for it because I'm not a stupid idiot. I'm a, I'm a Hustlers Apprentice, bro. You're wasting money, <laughs> okay? You can get this for free. <laughs> idiot. Anyway, <laughs> so I took the course and yes, it's very true, even though it's it's a little uh, choppy course, uh, I would say, the Hustlers University, the intro course, I mean where he talks about his basic business principles, Mr. Andrew Tate, who, who just got arrested, by the way, so that's fun. He's probably probably gonna off himself very soon. Not literally, I mean, I mean like FBI, you know, unaliving yourself. So basically he says a business is nothing else but making money or money in, right? If there's no money in, it's not a business, right? So because a lot of time, times people will say, I'm starting a business. What, what does a business mean? And I'll say like legality and logos and a team or products. No, nothing of that has to do with business. Those are just, there's like secondary results of the, the primary, what is it, factor or principle of business. And that's money in. And if you have no money in, aka you're not selling anything, you're not a business, period. <laughs> right? Because a lot of businesses make these mistakes where they, try to create the perfect product and then they they buy all this inventory they make a logo they, they make it legal they get a patent and at that at that point they've spent like 500,000 bucks just on you know <laughs> especially if it's a franchise business upfront cost and they don't even know if anybody wants to buy it right it's better to be like okay i'm going to create a minimal viable product you know in the lean startup by Eric Reese minimal viable product, which is basically a prototype, right? And then you give that to small sample sizes, and then you see what the reactions are, they refine, you refine, you refine, and then if you see that people like it and you have refined it a couple times, then you can incrementally, you can release it to a certain amount of people. So first you maybe do it to very close friends, family, maybe a hundred people, right? Release it to those people. And they're like, oh, I like this. Then you double your size, then you double your size, you refine, you pivot, you pivot, you pivot. And then at a certain point, you'll be making so much money, you don't even know what to do with it. That's, that's hypothetical, of course, but that's that's smarter and it costs you less than if you start a business with and you have like 500,000 bucks invested into it. 
and there, you have no clue if it's actually going to sell. It's basically a gamble. It's like really high stake <laughs> stakes gambling, but there's basically no uphill or what, there's no leverage at the end of it. No guaranteed leverage. And sure, with any business, there's no guaranteed leverage. But if you fail with that with that idea and you just had a minimal viable product, it's going to cost you way less. Right. Maybe, I mean, Tate used the example in his course where he's like, oh, I'm going to sell makeup and then it's maybe going to cost me 200 bucks to set up a website and domain name, something like that. Right. And then he's just going to advertise it or whatever he needs to do. And then people will stop ordering it. And then he knows, oh, there's actually demand for this product. And then he will actually buy inventory for the amount that he needs, right? So basically you start your marketing, your sales, your offer first, and then you actually create your product, which is risky, but also consider that it will actually motivate you because now it's like, oh, 500 people want to buy my want to buy my product. Now you'll do anything. And uh, uh, well, okay, not anything, but you will get your ass to like, you'll move real quickly to get those products or that service to those people. So like, say you, let's use the makeup example, right? Say that you have a makeup product and you say, oh, we're very busy with, uh, you take use this example, and then you put it out and 5,000 people somehow by advertising or whatever, 5,000 people want to buy that product. It's, it's priced at like 20 bucks for a set. I don't know, something like that. Your production is maybe five bucks. It's like, oh, I got 15 bucks margin and I got, 5,000 5, people that want, that want this. Of course, I'm gonna sell this now because it's gonna make me money, right? <laughs> so you'll get that makeup set like ASAP um, once you have that in mind. But now you know, oh, I'm actually gonna make money by doing this instead of, oh, I'm just gonna buy a full warehouse full of makeup and hope that people will buy it because you're gonna lose so much money. Are you enjoying it, uh, this business? Insight so far because I I'm, I'm enjoying it explaining this. Uh, what else? What else to go more into the course and all? I, I watched or yeah, but you can watch like the Andrew Tate Hustlers University on YouTube for free. So to all the people that are actually paying for it, you're an idiot. And, and combined with all the other courses he has ever made, by the way, it's like seven hours in total. But you can watch every single course that Andrew Tate has ever made for free. And if, if you're just nowhere to look, it is I, I I this is why I keep advocating for legally downloading things because I'm like you don't have to spend a single dime on information in the, in this day and age i don't i mean sure if it's if it's not available online and there's every single paywall in, in existence is blocking it fine right but there shouldn't there's almost no excuse for commonly available information like if, if 100,000 people know about a piece of information like a book or something it's out there for free somewhere you just don't know have to know where to look um anyway piracy advertisement over so yeah, I watched that. Interesting principles. And it's funny because Mr. Tate says like, oh, you shouldn't read books to uh, understand things. But 100% he watches or reads books, okay? 100% because he gives an example, not in the course, but in a certain interview he did, where he was, he was giving an example that was like an, a word for word copy of the four hour work week. So I'm like, oh, Mr. Tate, you actually read the four hour work week. Like, <laughs> like it was so specific, right? It was the exact story basically about a fisherman and then he has to expand his company or whatever, but basically he used the exact same story. And he didn't come up with that or learned that through experience. He, he took that from the book, like there's no other way. So. That he's saying don't read books is probably because, oh, if you read books, you're probably not going to buy his course. And if you don't buy his course, he's losing money, right? Anyway, I mean, hey, props to him. He's making his bank. I, I don't take a person's ability. Never take, what is it again? Never take away a man's ability to get to his meal or something like that. Uh, never get between a man and his meal. Never do that, guys. Uh, I say guys, I just 
being in general. So, also, yeah, so basic, basic principles in that course, it's, uh, he's a speed, which is funny because it's actually also shows up in ready, fire, aim. So a lot of the principles he says are actually true, and maybe you can pull it from books, real-life experience, maybe this is just general info that everybody has in the high-level business echelons, right? But uh, he says speed is like the most important thing. Um, well, first it's of course about selling, but then it's about releasing as many products as you can, which is a very prominent theme in Ready, Fire, Aim. Uh, he talks about speed, many other things, but I'm not gonna get into all of that. Um, maybe if I... I still have my notes on it, so let me scroll real quick. Yeah, okay, so it's, it's a lot of basic stuff, but it's handy. You can check it out for free. You can, I would recommend it, I suppose, but you can get the same information if you find the right books, but it's it's a good introduction, I would say. So now the, the biggest or the most influential book that I've read as of recent, $100 million offers. I mean, everybody's kind of been talking about it, and Alex Ramosi, the offer, has been popping off like crazy because he basically has, I don't know, how, how, how much you say he spent? Like 200,000 bucks a month on a advertising uh, or production team, basically editor, script writer, idea generator, whatever. Um, the dude is awesome though. Like he gives all his stuff away for free, his courses, his books. Well, okay, not his entirely for free, but basically for free. And um, I'm gonna reread it, but $1 million offers basically talks about the most fundamental thing in any business or any starting business or even if you're further into the cycle and that is creating a compelling offer because without a compelling offer nobody's gonna buy from you and he basically gives you the most compiled how would you say compiled formula when it comes to selling something and it's not this oh we're gonna give you 50 anecdotal stories and we're trying to do something cool with it he's like no here's a short hundred something pages book that explains perfectly how to create a offer that people can't refuse because that's kind of the basic principle right and that's that's the subtitles like how to make offers people feel stupid stupid for saying no that's what that's what you want to create right an offer so good people feel stupid for saying no and he, he's not it's no fluff it's no bullshit. you can listen to the audiobook audiobook's only three hours long and i, I couldn't that's the thing with audiobook i couldn't even put it at two times speed because every he already talks pretty quickly but it's like well articulated quickly for me it's you know, in all honesty, for me, I talk quickly, but I can kind of slur my words or I can stutter or I can repeat myself. But Alex Ramosi is just like, I talk quickly and I say exactly what I need to do. And that's probably because he's read and, and experienced a lot of, well, he's read a lot of books on persuasion and body language and social, you know, any social skills. That's probably why, but also just through experience, right? I mean, he's an amazing salesman. I think he, starting out in his business, he, made what is it four thousand plus sales so that, that totals into like tens of thousands of sales calls or, or interactions right anyway he's a great dude you should get the book just buy it it's going to charity anyway and i'm against charities for the most part but you know if you're if you're scared about oh no i don't want to give a billionaire more money even even though that's like a stupid argument to begin with but whatever buy it it's basically free and it will basically can i stop saying basically i keep repeating myself it will shortcut so much information uh, that's out there because i've like i said I've, I've read like 20 something books now on entrepreneurship or selling and i know there are way way more but this is such a well-rounded and general book in terms of it gives you like the most exact framework how to sell something right and that's the most important thing in any business selling something if you don't sell anything you're not a business like i said earlier so 
go read that. It's probably one of the best. I also, okay, so other things I read, but gotta go through that a bit quicker. I also read 12 months to 1 million, which is, here's a model, but it kind of works for a certain period and for, you know, certain people. So basically, the author of this book who runs capitalism.com, which is an amazing name, by the way, I wish that was still available, but he actually owns it. So he basically says, okay, what you want to do for a million dollar business is you got to sell, what is it, 25 products for, for 25 to 30 bucks a day for, what is it, but yeah, a day, and then you have a million dollar business, something like that. But I'm like, okay, listen, you're using a framework and he uses Amazon where he just says like, oh, you find some product, get some starting people and up your sales over time then with that audience keep building it keep building it then sell additional products and then you have a million dollar business but it's like what if i don't want to do products physical products what if i don't want to work with amazon right like things like that you could say well croissant if you want to make a million bucks and you you know you want to do it in any way then that's the way to do it but it's like okay but can i do it with something i actually don't want to kill myself doing right like i i want to do it with something that i actually care about and because people can feel that, right? If you're if you're giving a service and you actually care about it, people can feel that. People can feel that sincerity in it, not just being it, it being a cash grab. So what he says is, is basically do that, right? Sell free products at 25 bucks or something like that, 25 to 30 bucks with X amount of sales, you have a million dollar business. But I'm like, eh, whatever. So it was all right. I don't recommend it necessarily. Uh, One million followers is about social media and, and gaining things. It's very basic. I don't recommend it. It's pretty bad. Let me see. One million dollar in the bag, same thing. Like, again, this is why you should read $100 million offers because they don't talk about the, the general principles. Like they have little things where they say, get an avatar, go to a certain niche, Five, uh, know everything about your customer like very basic marketing things right but not really explaining into depth why you should do these things because that's that's what one one million dollar offers I'm, I'm such a great salesman by the way for this book at this point but what it's so good at and it's also because the offer has reworked the book thing i think like 11 times from front to back so that, it's very concise and it explains and you ex understand the exact logic why something works i think alex ramosi is an enfj by the way maybe i should make a video like just <laughs> like typing very popular people and uh, explain my thought process. I think that will be pretty entertaining because Alex Ramosi has some, well, he's a great dude. He's pretty trendy right now. And also I think that will be interesting for people to listen to. So let me know in the comments if uh, typing famous people, um, not the YouTuber, but actually doing that in a proper, well-produced setting, if that will be interesting to you. I'm currently going through Ready Fire Aim, and that's I would say a $100 million offers plus Ready Fire Aim are probably the two best books I've read on the subject. Because I, I mean, also Launch by Jeff Walker and some other and Traffic Secrets by Russell Bronson and, and the whole secrets list from Russell Bronson is, is a great series. But those two books, just for starting a business, uh, $100 million offers and Ready Fire Aim, those are probably the best books you can read on the subject. And Alex Ramosi kind of summarizes it with. Okay, if you want from zero to a million, you want to just sell one product to one type of person. That's what you got to do. Just focus on selling that thing to one type of person, right? That's that's if you're starting out. Don't try to do 50 different niches. Don't try to create 50 products. Don't try to allocate your time to all this stupid legal stuff. Just sell one product to one type of person. And then if you get to a million, you can actually worry about, because then you have a lot, you know, you actually have enough revenue to reinvest back into the business for other stuff. You know, you can hire more employees. Then from 1 million to 10 million, what you want to do is you want to sell, usually it's two products and 
yeah then like in the same niche like basically or in two niches you want to sell two products or like an additional upsell that's what you do right uh or you, and basically you want to have constant innovation while you do this and i think what is it 10 million to 100 million that's when you really start to professionalize a business you start to as as alex or mosey puts it like you start to what is it cross your t's and dot your i's you really start to get into hierarchical structures also in terms of hierarchies like in from zero to a million you basically have like seven people working for you then you have in the second stage you have like 40 or 94 94 now 49 people working for you so then you have like basically two layers in your business then in your third level you have what is it you have basically three levels right so you have your ceos and you have your then you have a manager and then you have basically salespeople, etc like normal executive uh, executives I'm saying that correctly doesn't matter and then you have your fourth layer i suppose where you go 100 million plus and that's where you start to well first you start to think of what you're actually going to do with the business are you going to step out of it are you going to own most of the equity and put a ceo on it like basically you and then you, you also start putting uh entrepreneurs in your business basically people that are just as passionate about business but work in a certain section of your business so basically imagine amazon and then well, Jeff Bezos, most most CEOs of that, they're, the founder is usually not the CEO at, at a business at that point, but Jeff Bezos is the exception. Basically, you put like a CEO on Audible, right? So you have a CEO on Audible and you have a CEO on this and that and that, all the parent comp or child companies of the, the parent company that is Amazon. So that's like basically $100 million plus, right? So that's kind of the framework. So for anybody starting out, what you got to do, focus on one thing sell it to one person and that's and later you can upsell and you can improve but especially the start is about selling somebody selling one thing to one person and you need to get really good at selling really good at marketing and really good at the basic skills to start a business and those are the skills to start a business right then later you can worry about legality and taxes etc etc but that's the most important thing right and going back to, again going back to tate money in that's the most important thing in your business right when you start out at least later of course other things come into play but that's the most important thing when you start out so that's kind of what i learned for the last two months for in terms of business of course there are more things because i'm basically at this point what i'm doing is just taking extremely successful people and well alex is kind of an exception because he's one of the only billionaires that has almost I think he's a billionaire almost at this point who documents almost his entire journey not of course not from the start start but most of his journey is documented right like first generation billionaire if you like documented billionaire if you know what i mean so yeah and his chat only has some great advice and marketing things sales things yeah i'm not gonna go through all that i have a giant document here with all kinds of notes but <laughs> i'm not gonna go into that it's that's way too much i guess i'm gonna release that at some point for my uh, newsletter so yeah well to finalize one million dollar offers they talk about well the basic principles right scarcity urgency let me see what else what else what else guy is selling the dream to somebody he has a lot of bonus material there again too much to talk about right now should you just you should, you should just read the book and I'll, I'll release it on my newsletter at some point the uh, main points that you should learn from it now next subject because we talked a lot about business and very interesting i know i'm, I'm so interesting as such a cool person it's it's all it's all great i'm i'm, I'm, I'm i know i'm fantastic anyway um <laughs> so next thing is i suppose you could call it youtube discoveries so i've been trying to figure out i mean 
how the algorithm works. <laughs> I know that's a, maybe a stupid quest because at the end of the day, it's actually a very simple solution. I'll get into that. So first thing I discovered very recently, shorts and regular videos are not connected. So let me repeat that. Shorts and regular videos are not connected in terms of history, right? So you can make, like I do, like I did recently, you can create 50, 100 shorts, but it's not actually connected to your channel's history. And I'll explain what I mean with history in a second. Basically, it's two separate things, right? So you can get a ton of traffic from shorts, and that's possible. That's just like with TikTok, even though TikTok is just like even more insane. And maybe I'll post on that, even though I got hate the CCP, but uh, don't tell them because... Uh... <laughs> Don't ban my account if I ever make one. So I realized that I was like, oh, even if I get like thousands of views, the conversion is low. And also uh, it's not connected to my channel. So it doesn't count if I, even if somebody watches a hundred shorts of my, of, of, of mine, it's fine, I suppose. Yeah. Then it's not going to connect to my channel. So it's actually not a very good investment. I So what I'm going to do, what I think is smarter is that I'm going to change that to three to five minute videos that. They're not shorts technically, because it's like, what is it between a couple a minutes or something? That is a short. I just want to make shorts, informative videos, kind of like Alex Ramos, like almost like Alex Ramosi version, but then relating to personality and MBTI, right? Explaining all the concepts and just not have a two-hour lecture you have to watch for it. I think I want to create that. And I don't know if I want to do it daily. Let, let me let me know by the way what works best for you guys. Like you want to see a new video like that every other day, every every day. Yeah, but basically. That's what I'm gonna probably gonna do. It's just like create three to five minutes, maybe seven minutes, 10, 15 max, right? If it's gonna be a longer project, but on the regular, it's gonna be more more like three to five minute videos. Cause also they have a way higher subscriber conversion. And I know, I know it's about the people and I care about you guys, especially if you're still listening to this at this point. Cause like, <laughs> I don't know how long I've been talking at this point. Let me see. Let me see. Almost an hour. <laughs> So if you're listening to so far, to this so far, you're, you're not missing anything. Jeez, I can't talk. You're not missing out on anything. Getting too excited. So, God, what was I saying? Doesn't matter. Basically, another thing I discovered is that there's the amount of subscribers kind of correlates to the amount of videos you make, right? That's, so that's also why I want to create videos more and more than shorts because shorts technically count as videos on your you know social blade and all that but i think regular videos are going to help way more and oh yeah that's what i was going to talk about i appreciate everybody that that actually watches myself of course you can have an inflated number where like watch mojo right where 10 million people are subscribed but maybe a million watch maybe less maybe 100,000, 50,000, right? I'm grateful, I'm extremely grateful for what I've built so far. Of course, it was out of my effort. Um, <laughs> I mean, not entirely, but I, I decided to work on this. And I'm what I'm trying to say, I'm, I'm thankful for that, but it would be great if more people, <laughs> and I think maybe if you, if you really like my stuff, you would agree that in some regard, I'm kind of underrated. And those are not my words, what other people say. Most people that discover me, and like me, say, damn, this is a really underrated channel. It's like a gem of a channel or whatever. And I really appreciate those comments, by the way. They really warm my heart. So what I'm trying to say with that is, of course, I'm going to work on the things that give me the highest 
ROI, right? The highest return on investment. Because I'm not going to work on. Because I I do this still, for the most part. You know, remember that thing I said about minimal viable products where you see if people actually want to watch something before you create an entire series on it or an entire course or an entire webinar, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's the same thing with videos, right? You just want to create and then refine or pivot along the way. And I got to do more of that where I just do bare minimum effort because like a three to five minute video, I can create it in a day, right? Even if it's research, I can do that in a day because the short is like a minute max. So working on that a little longer and then I have a video instead of a short, it's probably going to be the better option. Right, and I could I could talk about it, but that seems to be the smartest thing to do because the shorts, relatively speaking, we're doing fine. A um, couple thousand views per video, maybe a thousand, maybe two thousand, depends on the video. But I'm like, yeah, but the shelf life is like a couple days, and then it dies out forever, and I don't really like that, right? Because I want return on investment on my efforts. I don't want every single every single day that I have to create something original, even though I am creative, but something original that still is in line with whatever I'm working on or whatever my niche is, right? Smarter thing, and again, an ITP friend of mine uh, recommended this, smarter thing is, is to create clips from your podcast or videos from your podcast, chop that up and basically repost that. So you have a way higher volume of content and you don't have to <laughs> keep producing new things and keep thinking of new things. You just have a backlog of so much infinite content that you can create a remix. and. That's also a thing I, you got to realize. Most people, if my greatest fans, <laughs> don't watch everything I watch. Uh, I know, crazy, right, croissant? Not everybody watches everything you say. If <laughs> uh, no reason left, unless unlisted a lot of things to kind of create more focus. And also some videos got claimed, you know, even though they were up for several months and then they get claimed like six months later, which is those, the most unfair you know, in, in just thing you can imagine. But it's like getting invict evicted for murder, even though you're already free to go, right? It's just so stupid. Um, like the kind of the opposite of proper law. Anyway, we're not gonna talk about objective law on YouTube. Like, what do you expect? I can't even swear in your videos now. So I think that's a smarter thing to do, right? And like I said, it's not about all about subscribers. It's not all about numbers, but, but I wanna provide value to as many people as I can and even if it's people critiquing me, I know where to pivot to more, right? Just the more, the higher the volume of people, the more you know what actually works. Like if, if you have a potential average of 100,000 people that watch your stuff, I'm just throwing a number out there. And well, people, if, if, if people 100,000 people keep watching, you're about doing okay. If it's double that, you're, you're doing something better. So you know where to go more into the direction, right? Unless it's some like trend you hopped on. And if it's like half, you know, oh, okay. This thing is totally not working. People don't really care about this. So unless it's like a passion project, you don't really care if people enjoy it. But if you want to keep growing, um, that's where you listen to. That's the heartbeat of your channel, right? So what I'm trying to say with this, and it relates to me or anybody else that's starting a channel for that matter, because I'm speaking from my experience and, and my testing, but it's also, of course, for people like me that want to try this out. You want to listen to, or I want to find a thing with the highest ROI so I can get more people, higher audience, so I can get more feedback and basically through that you can get more data. And it's not about data, it's through that data that I can provide more value to the people that I care about or the people that I want to provide value to, right? So AKA my, my fellow croissants, my people listening to this right now. So hopefully that's a little help for you, but that, that's a little thing that I've learned. And so, I don't want to complain necessarily, but there's a little thing. It's it would be nice. Let's put it that way. Let's make it positive. It would be nice if this information was just more widely available and you didn't have to watch some 
obscure podcast by some French dude <laughs> talking about YouTube like niches and discoveries and marketing but yes that's that's the way it is unfortunately but it could be better and that's what I'm trying to provide here to let more people know about this so short and normal regular videos they're disconnected maybe in the future they're gonna change it but let's not bank on it as of now it's it's separated right also a certain amount of volume of videos is correlated or yeah i would say correlated with the amount of subscribers you have right so i have like about 140 videos and i have about what is it four thousand subscribers right which is great but i want way more uh because i want to eventually i want to end up at like 10 million right that's if i had 10 million i'll retire like i'll have no they're, they're, for me it's the market is saturated I don't, I don't care anymore right but to do that and you see this with a lot of channels that blow up i'm like why are these guys blowing up and it's very simple they just post a ton of content like it's it's, it's not rocket science if you think about it right? like alex ramosi i mean he had a couple hundred videos on his channel but he's really blown up recently also because he has a production team that researched the market etc etc but also, he has uploaded like 700 videos now. And and if you kind of look at the statistics, I don't know, maybe I can pull the graph up in a sec. But if you look at that, you'll if you look at that, uh, you'll see that a certain amount of videos is almost required to get to a certain point. It's a very rare individual that has like 100 videos or 200 videos and has like 10 million subs like there are exceptions Salmonella, i think is an exception wendigoon is an exception but that, usually that's because those people had like well ali abdal in the youtuber academy course calls it the architecture or the architect versus the archaeologist approach most people are archaeologists right they found out find out along the way they uh generate generate a lot of content and then through throughout that journey they'll see what actually works you can also plan it out like i would say when the goon did right where he just made sure he experimented a little bit and maybe he's enlisted a lot of videos but he did have some semblance of a plan i suppose that's the advantage for, with being an enfj right it's being more outcome focused but most people with high subscriber counts have a corresponding volume of videos to back it up right yeah this is like the image that solidified it for me give me a sec i don't even know where i found this which is floating around somewhere. So if you look at the video right now, so yeah, like a thousand to five thousand subs, a hundred thirty-four uploads. So that's basically what I am, and that's accurate. Like right? I'm like at the end of that spectrum because I've technically made made way more videos because I've you know I've made stuff in the past, but you're never gonna see that. And then around five thousand to ten thousand, that's where I want to go to. I have to basically create. 215 to i would say like 250 like guaranteed 250 right then you're at 10k so i'm like oh okay so i just have to create 100 videos <laughs> and having that mentality is actually very helpful right because then you're like oh you know you're not thinking like oh what am i doing wrong is the algorithm working against because that, that's what i have sometimes right where i get very frustrated with that where i'm like oh i've put all this effort into this video it's like dude at, at, at the end it doesn't really matter how much effort you put in a video like yes it shows but at the end of the day, if you just create more volume and create more and create it consistently, maybe daily, that's when you're gonna when you're gonna get a rapid growth. I guess what there's one there's one channel, forgot its name, but basically it, it uploaded either shorts or regular videos twi twice a day, and he did that for two years, I think. So he had like well, in total, he had like 1,200 videos in a year or two years. And I'm like, yeah, of course you're gonna blow up then, because you know, you're basically feeding as much 
into the algorithm as you can or and and the algorithm is really this people like i'm gonna really simplify it because most of these things business youtube all these things they're actually very simple just like relationships all these things are really simple if you if you really boil it down and understand the basic truths about it right and i'm i'm gonna go all teacher croissant your sensei croissant here so the basic principle of the youtube algorithm is what do people watch that's the algorithm people right it's 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 just niches and audience that's it and to break that down it's really what, what what does the algorithm promote and sure i could be wrong about this but this is for what i've seen it's are you in people's search history so basically are, are people watching you all the time length of video is kind of a bonus right because well if you have an hour-long video and, and you upload daily and, and everybody watches that well that's uh, that's of course, that's going to outcompete somebody that just makes five five minute videos or 20 second videos, right? It depends because YouTube is kind of pushing it with shorts, but you know what I mean, right? So if people watch an hour of your content every single day, you upload every single day and you're consistent in your niche and you keep improving yourself, of course, you're going to grow. And especially that, that history part makes a lot of sense to me because I'm like, yeah, of course, anything that's in your history, you probably want to see more of it, right? And especially if it's long and it's well produced, it's like, this is a good video, it's it's long, it's almost like a movie. I was entertained for the whole thing. For example, if you can create a two hour long video, but keep, keep people entertained till the end and then watch it every single day. Well, of course, you're gonna, that's I think why Wendigoon blew up like crazy. It's like, of course, people are gonna watch that, right? And of course, and of course, things like um, title and thumbnail is important, but if you just keep that in, right, um, that, that basic principle, because title and thumbnail uh, correspond with if it's actually going to end up in people's history, right? And then, of course, if something is in your history, people are going to watch it. People are going to, or, or YouTube is going gonna, is gonna to suggest it, right? It's going to be like, hey, I, I know you watch this, and your history tells me this, because that's really how all the algorithm stuff works, right? It's like, is this already, do these keywords and this these channels, did they already appear earlier in this person's basically data bank, right? Because if you just look at it from a company perspective or an algorithm perspective, it's like, oh yeah, okay, so this person watches only this YouTuber and they watch this every single day and they watch everything you ever made. Of course, they're going to push more of that content into their sideboard and whatever they're watching, right? Like, it's just a, like the whole keyword thing and the title thing and the, and the thumbnail thing, it's all to just be like, okay, how can I get... how? How does this relate to this profile of this avatar, right? Or this person? Because if their entire avatar screams, I want to watch videos about marketing from this specific guy, I want to watch Alex Hermosi, they're going to push everything from Alex Hermosi, right? And if Alex is, is pushing out two things per day, three things a day, well, the only thing they're going to be watching all day, and they're gonna, if, they, if they're hooked and they're basically addicted, is Alex Hermosi's content, right? And that's, that's how you gain a subscribers and of course if you're gonna if you watch that all day what are you gonna do you're gonna recommend it to other people right and sometimes you don't even have to recommend it but at a certain point there's something interesting in the videos or something valuable and then you share it with a friend and that person shares it with another one and you get a word of mouth etc etc right that's really the algorithm explained uh, in, in a very simple manner of course there's more to it and i'm not explaining everything and i have i don't have all the answers but what I've seen so far, that's kind of really how the YouTube algorithm works, right? I don't know if people are actually YouTubers who are trying to start something, but that's hopefully that's helpful for you. And again, going back to the graph on the screen, it's like, yeah, um, going with this, I, in my mind, I'm going like, oh, I want to take 10K substitute right now. And I, I, I'm kind of like, oh God, why, why don't I have it yet? It's like, first off, you're not that long into your niche croissant. Second, have you actually been producing enough videos on this subject? And the answer to that is, 
Probably no. And I mean videos, not shorts. Um, also, because having this number in mind, it's like, okay, I'm at 130 now. I'm exactly where I need to be, like a thousand between a thousand and five thousand. So the thing I really have to do is create 100 videos. So if I roughly create a video a day, plus maybe some beer projects along the way, I'll get my 10K, sub, 10K subs goal within a month or within a month, that's, that's really quick, but within three months, something like that, right? And I'm like, oh, okay. Then, then it, you know, it, my my brain gets a little soothed. Yeah, smooth brain, I know. You can, uh, <laughs> you know, that meme with, uh, with the dog and it's like smooth brain, anyway. Basically, you just gotta sound like a boomer right now. Anyway, I, with that in mind, I'm like, oh, I just have to create 90 videos. Something like that, 100 videos. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, if that's it, if I, if I have to create value, well, I don't have to be the most extreme, well-produced things ever, but just not good videos people, that people find entertaining, I'll hit my goal. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say that, pardon me, I wouldn't even say that I have to create 90 because probably the momentum will pick up, right? Um, but that as a buffer, so to speak, or a threshold to be like, oh, uh, Unless I create over 100 videos in the next three months, I really have nothing to complain about. So that's kind of soothing, right? And maybe for other people starting a channel, listening to this, that's soothing as well, where it's like, oh, okay. And I, this is just one graph. I have multiple ones, but I, I'm not going to pull them all up right now. But basically, I, I made it in my own calculation as well, like a little graph showing how much videos you basically need per subscriber, subscribers. And it's usually, it's, it's around this, right? Around 100 something videos for 1,000, 200, 250 for 10K, 500, something like that, 500, 600 for 100K, 200K. And usually for a million, it's like 3,000 videos, right? Something like that, or 1,000 plus at least. That's that's like bare minimum. Depends how much momentum you have to, man depends how much, brand recognition you have, word of mouth, subject matter, etc. This, But again, averages, right? And again, that's that's very soothing for me and very um, reassuring. That's the word I'm looking for. It's reassuring for me where I'm like, oh, okay, I just have to get to producing. It doesn't have, they don't have to be the most perfect videos on planet Earth, but if they pr at least have a tiny bit or three bits of, you know, in listicles, for example, you have three bits of information that are handy for people or valuable for people, or even if it's funny or entertaining, People won't people enjoy it and people and you know subscriber count will increase. And I know, I know, numbers aren't everything. But listen, doesn't it doesn't everybody to some degree, if they're doing anything with social media, want a higher subscriber count? Let's face it, right? And of course, I want to utilize that to actually have a great impact and have to to provide more value and to reinvest, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm not just shallowly trying to be like, I want a higher number, that's it. But setting high goals and this is kind of uh, what is it? The Magic of Thinking Big, which I haven't actually read, but I think this is this is a matter of it. At least I've, I've read 10x rule by, it's called Grant Cardone or something. You know, that guy that everybody hates, but I think it's kind of cool. If I can ever talk to him, that would be great. But basically, he talks about, okay, any goal you have, multiply it by 10, right? And because at first I was like, oh, well, 100,000 looks nice to me. And I'm like, well, if you put that times 10, that's a million. And if, and if you say my end goal is a million, you should actually say my end goal is 10 million. So, you know, <laughs> Again, if you if you were to talk to me two years ago, you would say, hey, Croissant, you have 4,000 subs. I would have probably flipped my shit. I'd be like, no way. <laughs> right? And again, in a year, I think in a year from now, and, and we'll see, I think a year from now, I'll, I'll probably beat 10,000. So 
Definitely. And on my way to 100,000, I'll, I'll at least be around... I hope to be at least at around 60,000, something like that. But again, my, my point is, is try with anything, and I think Alex Ramosi said this, where it's like, it's going to be tough anyway, so might as well set the goal to something extremely big, right? Where... I know it's actually a very Christian message, but what I'm trying to say with it's like creating a channel is hard, or like creating a successful channel is hard. Creating a channel isn't hard, just uploading whatever, be a hobbyist, doesn't matter. But if you're actually your goal is to grow and to actually become some type of business entity, because that's where I'm gonna go, in all honesty, I wanna create some type of brand, of course, and a business from this. Like, of course, I want the interaction and I want the intimacy, right? But ultimately, my goal is to have some semblance of an enterprise. Right? I wanna <laughs> automate stuff. I, I don't want to like personally edit all these things or write these things out. It's fun. And if I could do it in my spare time, cool. But ultimately, I want to create as much value as I can to as many people as I can. And, and, and if that's from an automated system through writers and assistants and etc., that's where I'm going to, if that makes sense. That's kind of like stage four with um, with YouTube channels that Ali Abdal talks about in this uh, part-time YouTuber academy, right? So yeah, ultimately... Uh, I have big goals and I am not satisfied before I get those. And I, I'm grateful though. Like I'm not satisfied, AKA I'm gonna keep going, but I'm extremely grateful to where I am. Like 4,000 subs, that's insane. And I wanna, everybody that's, that's listening to this and especially this far, um, I wanna thank them for listening. Cause I'm, I'm not finishing the episode by the way, but like, I wanna thank you and I wanna show genuine gratitude to that. Moving on. Yeah, to actually to finish that, let me know though if, um, three to five minute videos sound good you want to see daily videos is it not too spammy you know which you want to see every other day because if i do basically short content or if i actually start doing my croissant explain series what would be the most optimal right and sure i should just test out that's probably the best way but having some pre-established feedback is already great right again going back what i said about earlier about business you should ask your audience ask the people ask the market first before you actually start creating anything because i have ideas and i Actually, I have a video in the works that is like a short experiment. So, you know, but let me know. Let me know what uh, works best. Let me see. Or what you'd like to see most. That's the better question of what works best, because how would you know what works best here on a YouTuber? Anyway, to condense that idea, because I've been it a couple times already, is that most things are actually way simpler than we think they are. And... This is kind of probably how I could, could have titled the episode, and that's simplicity. It's more obvious than you think. You can title a book like that. I could already see like a book from Mal Malcolm Gladwell titled that, or I don't know, Seth Godin, I don't, one of the two. Even though I don't like Malcolm Gladwell or Seth Godin at all, but whatever. What I realized a lot in reading about business and then and, and going through these courses or about YouTube, most of these secrets, they're actually very obvious things. And we make them more complex than they need to be, I find, or at least I do, <laughs> where, like, for example, with YouTube, YouTube, like I said, YouTube is really just, are people watching your videos? Are they in your history? Are they watching through the end? Do you have high retention? Those are just all branches of the question, are people watching your stuff? And it's, it's almost like a chicken and egg story, right? It's like, if more people watch your stuff, then it gets recommended more. But that's the reason it got recommended is because people like your content. And that, of course, that has to do with quality and it has to do with retention and thumbnails and, and titles, etc. But it's really, are people watching your stuff? And then it gets pushed in the algorithm. That's the YouTube algorithm, really, right? And that's really simple if you view it that way. Same with business. If you're starting a business, the simple principle is money in. 
you should be focusing on selling one thing to one person. And if you think about it, like that's like that's so incredibly simple. How the hell? Like, why isn't everybody doing that? Because people think about legality also because the school system is and most people don't know what the hell they're talking about with business because most people think like an employee, right? <laughs> that's what most entrepreneurs are actually they're self-employed but then just have the security of being paid first but really the simple principle is sell one thing to one person it's like whoa that, that's what a business is yeah that's that's what a simple or a simple a, a zero to a million dollar business is right just selling one thing to one person and in that process learning how to sell properly so to Put that in, in a simple idea and I'll actually yeah, one more thought about the YouTube thing. Also, the, the volume of videos you upload is going to impact how much you are in people's history. So, of course, so that's just one branch. Just they're, they're, All these branches, they could stem from the idea. Are, are people watching yourself? With business, it's really, are, is, is your product selling? Is your service selling? Are you selling, basically? Are you selling to people? Which they're actually very closely linked if you think about it. You're, it it's basically... Is this idea, is this piece of value being communicated to the most people as you can, right? That's the basic principle of, of I suppose, YouTube, social media, and business, right? That's the fundamental principle. How Are you pushing value to people? Or, or are people desiring whatever value you're offering, right? Or, yeah, that's basically what you're saying. Are people latching on, or is your value being communicated to as many people as possible are you providing yeah that's, that's the basic principle really is are you providing value to the maximum amount of people that's the basic principle so to put that in a in a word it's basically plato's saying of all learning is a process of remembering and i think about this more and more where i'm like the more i i get specialized or the more i learn skills the more i realize that's actually very simple Right. If like if 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 you watch every increment of the painting, of course, when you zoom out, it's like oh, it's just this. But when you zoom in, you see all these details that you overlook. But a lot of people, I would say, are to put it abstractly in a metaphor, are all have have a foot away from the painting, right? So they're basically not seeing the full picture. But when you actually feel to see the full picture, you see it's like oh, it's actually not it's not hard. It's very simple actually, and I'm I'm just making it harder for myself at least i find i make things way too hard for myself because I, I guess want, i want challenge where i want to think it is actually more complicated when a lot of things especially relating to success or relating to i don't know business whatever they're actually very simple right or, or relationships are actually very simple if you if you zoom out enough so relating to business for example why most businesses fail at least for what i've read and what i've seen is that they are in the stage of thinking about it, in the stage of legalities like i said earlier right you spend five hundred thousand bucks trying to get a potentially start a business but really that's why most businesses fail or never start to begin with because they're like oh i don't have enough knowledge oh i don't have the resources oh i don't have to the market etc etc right same with making videos like you can get you can have a successful business and you can have a successful channel if you like the stats don't lie, right? If the, the stats basically say you have to create three three thousand plus videos and you will get a, at least a couple hundred thousand subscribers and an average is a million and best like God knows how many. Like, why isn't everybody doing that? It's because well, most people think overthink it. And me as well. I'm I'm trying to put myself on a pedestal. Like I, I'm overthinking it as well. It's like if I should just be focusing on for the next X amount of years, just 
creating as much as I can. And once I hit 3,000, then I can think about, oh, it's actually worth it, or is this actually, um, then I can actually start complaining, or well, you shouldn't complain, because, you know, any negative, any negative energy is bad, I'm trying to, not trying to sound too voodoo, but then you can actually think about pivoting, or maybe this is not for me, <laughs> right? But before that, at least, it, it's almost guaranteed that you will get, like, at least a million, right? I'm like, well, a million subs, do you know what you can do with that? Anyway, well, of course, depends how you allocate it, and utilize it, convert it, but doesn't matter. Like if I told you, okay, you 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 should you have to make three thousand videos, and now you'll have a million subs. Like th those are, the, and the odds are maybe sixty percent. Would you do it? And I think most people say would say yes, but then don't realize, oh. And then, boy, of course, you have to incrementally get better. But regardless, if you try or not, you'll get better at making videos. But most people won't do that. Same with the business. And and Alex Ramosa uses this as an example, so I won't take credit for this. But he says, okay, if I gave you a contract right now to. You have to work for five years for nothing, and then last year you make a million bucks. Would you do that? And most people would maybe say yes, but don't actually do it. Uh, where he basically says that most people don't want to eat the shit or don't want to go through the, the the troublesome things before they get to their million bucks, right? And I don't know. I, I guess he puts five, five years as the average, or in his own experience, I, I guess that's the average for most people. It's just five years of eating. Shit and trying things out before they get a successful idea. Like most people don't succeed on their first business idea, right? It's actually like the third or the fourth uh, that actually has some semblance of success. Same with business. If you get the basics of marketing, sales, and, cu and customer service, you're already ahead of 90% of people. For most people, it's either they never start or they allocate their time to the wrong things, i.e. office, logo, etc. right? To put that together, I think I should listen more to my consciousness or my fi i suppose the, the things that i find valuable like that, that voice in my head that says dude what you're doing right now is not yielding you any success because it's usually not a lazy voice it's just saying like there are more valuable things to look at right now right because well humans are valuing creatures i <laughs> and that's not all what they are I don't, i'm not trying to sound like uh, one of those people that's just like oh humans are emotional creatures human are humans are rational creatures like something like that right I, I get so annoyed when people do that like they define a human as one thing it's well it has like a multiplicity of many things right um it depends just how you look at it like, like they're definitely fundamental principles but anyway that's too much of a side note yeah i should listen more to my fi more to my conscious voice because that's actually call it god whatever it is for me for me it's almost like a god voice that says like Hey, croissant, look at this thing. It's it's more important. Hey, croissant, this is actually going to get your goal. Hey, croissant, don't do this. You, you know, you're, it's basically telling me, it's almost a, me a mentor in my head. Well, call, call God a mentor, I suppose. That says, listen, look at this more. Be basically logos, redirect logos to this thing, right? And then you actually accomplish what you want, etc., etc. And maybe that goes for everybody, but I think I should listen more to it. Basically, listen more to your conscious, my conscious, listen to more to my FI. If my FI is saying, this book is useless, I should just drop it, right? And not feel guilty about it. Uh, or if it's saying, this is absolutely useless information, I should just skip it. If it doesn't help me right now, and doesn't help me as quickly as possible, why bother going through it, right? Not to sound like entitled or not to sound too impatient, because I think my problem is I try to mimic patients and then I started wasting started wasting time on things that don't actually matter. So again, I think I should listen more to that and put my focus more on things that yield the biggest outcome, going maybe to the 
something like the book, uh, The One Thing, right? Where you just say, okay, what is the one thing if I did that, everything else will be irrelevant. So if you would say with business, for example, it's like, oh, we have to hire a sales manager. And then if somebody says, hey, if, what if you could 10X your revenue right now, would you need another sales rep? And you're like, no, well, this thing could 10X your sales. Like, of course you're gonna focus on that thing, right? Anyway, to put it together, I think I should listen more to my conscious or my FI, right? To what is more valuable, uh, getting the right information in and dropping anything that is not speed optimal or just optimal at all. And that way I think it's more motivating for me to work on those things. And to say it very simply, I should allow myself to cut more corners and find the most optimal strategy for me and not worry about the little details I could miss along the way. In the end, the biggest strokes matter the most in the big picture. And I I just said that, I know I'm so, I'm so smart and that's such a profound message. Huh? <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> that is kind of the central point of our central moral of the story for this episode, the simplicity, right? Looking at the big picture, stripping anything else that is unimportant. That is, uh, that's the, the end point I want to leave it on. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed this episode of Croissant Hours. I want to thank the continuing support, support for people, people that are watching the podcast, listening, sharing, all that. I want to thank you very much. One more time, thank you for the patrons. I really appreciate you guys' support. It means the world to me. And if you want to support me on Patreon, you can do it in the uh, description. Go subscribe for more Croissant Hours. Go uh, stay tuned for my Croissant Explained series that I'm going to start very soon. And um, share, share this podcast around if you enjoyed anything. Let me know in the comments. You know, give me a giant feedback letter because I absolutely love reading comments. That's my favorite thing on YouTube. Getting like, but doesn't matter if they're good, bad comments. Just any form of feedback that is, what's the word, concise or not concise, but... Um, constructive and constructive feedback i absolutely adore and of course if you really enjoyed it genuinely enjoyed it let me know about that so i can know where i <laughs> can improve more or what i can talk about more so anyway that's all for me i want to thank everybody for tuning in and i will see everybody in the next one bye bye fuck bitches get money